This is The Shift Podcast. Thanks for checking out The Shift Daily Podcast. On this episode, music industry expert Eric Alper reacts to much music returning to TikTok. We focus on how social media is creating new ways to find music that's a bit more millennial friendly. On In Case You Missed It, Ryan asks our shift heads to pick a movie they would watch over and over to earn a million dollars. He also looks at the so-called mega drought in the U.S. and the impact that it's having in Canada. And are you okay with water slides? Well, you might not be after the story that we have there for you. Are you okays? Are you okay with whales? Oh yeah, I love the orcas especially. I love going out and seeing the orcas here. They like go by. Sometimes they come right in to Vancouver Harbor, which Oh yeah, that's right. It's not really a good thing. They're, they're looking for salmon and they don't normally like to they go will close not find to the shore. Yeah, no, uh, no. but yeah, sometimes they come right in. Yeah, I know I love the orcas. They oh, they're cool. I the first time I ever went to Vancouver when I was flying in, I saw a whale jump in the water like as I was landing. So that was really cool. Uh, I think, yeah, whales are, in, are insanely cool creatures that, uh, we're still learning more about. Yeah. Whales are big, big, giant, friendly beasts. They are beautiful, majestic creatures. I can't really understand how evolution created such large animals and they're so like docile, you know, they don't, they don't tend to be predators. They just eat plankton. I love that word plankton. That's all they eat. Usually, uh, like, sorry to like burst your bubble too there, Brendan, but like technically an orca is a dolphin. It, 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 they're classified true. under the family of now the oceanic dolphins. Yeah, However, while I've never seen a whale, I have a very soft spot in my heart for whales because of, you know, free willing <laughs> as every nineties kid probably did. And, um, you know, I, I went on a cruise once from Vancouver to Alaska. It was seven days. I went with a whole bunch of family. The only reason I bring this family up is because I think it was on date two of the, uh, of the cruise. We were definitely well past like, you know, Vancouver Island and heading up towards Alaska. And, uh, there was a big rush at dinner at one time. And everyone starts like running towards uh, the the windows, and I'm like, "What's going on? What's going?" On? Like my whole family are at our table. We're like, "We have no idea what's going on." And then all of a sudden, you hear like, "Oh, whales, 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 whales!" So then um, you peer out the window. Sure enough, there was like I guess two or three. I don't know what kind of whales they were. You could just see like the little the fins. But that was my only experience like seeing a whale. But it didn't really count because I had to peer over many people's shoulders and out of a window. So I don't think it's really the experience people think of. I've seen those Instagram videos of people with like the breaching whales and then they get the water mist and it sprays. Anyways, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, are you okay with whales? Well, a commercial lobster diver in Massachusetts in the United States is now recovering after he was scooped up and almost swallowed by a humpback whale. As Mike Armstrong explains, it's a whale of a tail. This is Michael Packard arriving home to a family in shock. The smile he's wearing washes away when he tells the story of his close call and what went through his mind. This is how you're going to go, Michael. This is how you're going to die. In the mouth of a whale. Packard was in the water Friday morning off the tip of Cape Cod. He was diving, fishing for lobster. In the past, he's had some encounters with great white sharks. There is danger in the job. When I kiss him goodbye in the morning, I, 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 there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't think about him and what he does. Now, no one thought one of these would be a problem, a humpback whale. Packard says he never saw it coming, felt a bump, and everything turned dark. 
Then he realized where he was. I'm in a whale's mouth, and he's trying to swallow me. And I thought to myself, okay, this is it. Well, the whale wasn't too happy about the situation either, and Packard says after about 30 seconds, he was basically spit out. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I got out of that. Wow. That is the stuff of, I mean, first of all, the, the Bible, and then, you know, like, just <laughs> childhood nightmare stories. Like, things that you are only told by, like, your older sibling. It's like when you're on, on a boat or you're fishing, you know, you're, maybe your big brother or big sister would tease you and be like, oh, don't go too close to the water, the whale's going to eat you, or something like that. I don't know, maybe you have a twisted family like, like I might have had. But that's an experience, man, like... First of all, how many people can say that they've almost been eaten by a whale? Well, I mean, very, very few people. I, I, the list got a bit bigger. Yeah, it did. I mean, what, what is okay? If you live through that experience, that changes you. That's got to change you. So I, I'm very curious. To, like he's probably got a book deal waiting at some point inside a whale, a life memoir. You know, like or, or something like a movie deal. Well, actually, no, a movie would be kind of. I guess it's already kind of like done in, in some ways because Pin- Pinocchio. But, you know, I'm just saying like this is wild stuff. And again, most whales don't prey on human beings. And if they do, it's by mistake. Like you probably just thought you were plankton. Whales are very gentle creatures. They are. They are. Unless you still technically count killer whales, in which case they well, will mess you up. They will. But here's the thing. There's two types of killer whales. There's the transient and then there's the, the resident. The residents are the ones that are in massive pods. Oh. Um, and so, like, the ones around here are the southern resident. And then there's northern resident, which is up uh, north of Vancouver Island. They don't uh, they wouldn't eat a human. They only eat uh, salmon and herring and, and right, fish, basically. Right. Now, transients are kind of like the loners, so they like go around by themselves. They're not in pods. They don't really interact with other whales. Now, they hmm. eat seals. And, oh, okay. So they might eat you. Right. Yeah. And but, I've seen the videos of uh, orcas hunting seals. It is... Like it's it's intense because you know the seal will be on like a like a little ice thing right like a little ice block and then what the orcas do is they realize like okay we just have to splash like we oh, have to yeah. breach jump up and then splash because that way it forces the seal off oh, the yeah. ice block like they they are smart they're incredibly intelligent creatures yeah. for sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean and and you know like soft again I'm a Canucks fan so obviously the orca being the logo like that's kind of my exposure to it when I was younger but. Man, like whale, just being eaten by a whale. Put that on a resume, man, because that's that's a that's a conversation starter. Um, just saying. Uh, I'm glad he was okay. Glad it didn't turn out to be like a very tragic story there. But uh, there you go. Maybe a message there. Help the whales. Save the whales. Uh, otherwise, you might get eaten by them. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, this story is uh, ooh, a little bit disconcerting. Are you okay with water slides? Yeah, I want to go on one. Yes. Okay. It's like top five favorite things on earth are water slides. Yeah. Like West Edmonton Mall, I oh. will go from dawn, dusk till dawn on the water slides. I will ride so many that my legs don't work because of how many times I've had to climb the stairs. Mm. I love water slides. They're so good. It's just like you go so fast mm-hmm. and then... I don't know. It the water adds a little bit of fun to it. I love swimming. It's just like a hybrid of all the great things at an amusement park. Yeah, hell yeah. I like most of them. I don't like those ones that are completely like 
inside a tube and like you know um you can't see anything else and you're like whipping around corners the dark ones yeah Yeah. the dark ones and you're worried there's gonna be like a backlog of kids just you know they gotta learn at some point (laughs) you gotta swim away from the exit as soon as you can that's a life lesson yeah that's true yeah I also like water slides. I like water parks. Here in the Lower Mainland, there's two uh, Big Splash and Cultus, right? So, you know, they've been around for ages. Big Splash, formerly known as Splashdown Park. Uh, Fun fact, they filmed Blink-182's first date music video at that uh, particular... Really? Wow. That's right. Okay. Um, So, again, like a little trivia tidbit there. I enjoy water slides, but then uh, I started... Like, I, I played, you know, sports growing up. I don't know what did it. Maybe a basketball to the face, maybe a kick to the face. I don't know. But at some point, something in my nose got misaligned. So whenever I go into water now, like I can't help it. The water rushes up my nose and like it's, it starts like I start drowning. I don't know why. So now I need one of those nose plugs. And you, you can't look cool with a nose plug. With that said, yes, I enjoy water slides. Now, this particular story has no audio. And that's for a really good reason because producer Ryan could not find any. And that's also okay. So if you're eating something right now, it would be a really good uh, time for you to just stop, put it away, maybe save it. So get this. NBC has shut down production on its uh, competition series, Ultimate Slip and Slide, amid an outbreak of, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Giardia on the Simi Valley, California set. Now, you might be wondering what Giardia is. I hope, again, I'm pronouncing it right. Well, according to the CDC, Giardia is a microscopic parasite found on surfaces or in soil, food, or water that has been contaminated with feces from infected people or animals, which, when swallowed, causes a diarrheal disease. Oh. Yep. Yep. Good. We can all agree that does not mix well with water slides where things are splishing and splashing and unfortunately in this case sploshing i'm sorry i'm sorry uh the report suggests that up to 40 crew members felt violently ill on set and according to someone there quote awful explosive diarrhea that led to people collapsing and being forced to run into porta potties oh no now, apparently, wow. they only had a few weeks left of shooting. There is, I think, genuine concern now that anyone wants to come back to that. And, okay, we got a text here. It's pronounced Guardia. Guardia. There you go. That, um, what, a, what it's, it's a culmination of the most awful thing happening in the worst possible place. Yeah. I just, and that's the thing. When that show comes out, it's never going to work because all the cast members, everybody that worked on it, they're just yep. going to have PTSD. And everyone's of, only going to watch the first that. episode because of this story, right? And they're just going to yeah. be like, oh, I can't believe, ooh, the water. I'm pretty ooh. sure uh, Bobby Monahan or Moynihan from SNL mm-hmm. is hosting this show. I oh. hope he's okay. Yeah, But seriously. he probably got the the thing. Well, like 40 people is not insignificant. Like, that's, a, that's a big chunk of their, uh, yeah. their operation. Like there. I, I, I do not work. I, like I have not spent a day uh, working on a film set. I've been an extra before, though. So like not a crew member, not a set member, not a production assistant, but I've been an extra. And like I can tell you for the movie that I was involved in called Hot Rod, 40 people would be like more than half of the production that I at least saw. Yep. So like that is pretty much it. You can't do work. I, I just, ooh, 
that is disconcerting. Like, do you I, ever spot yourself when you're watching Hot Rod now? Yeah, I'm in yeah. two distinct scenes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. sweet. There you go. Both of them filmed. I mean, like it was all on one day. I did one day of work. Uh, it was at the Cloverdale Ice Hockey Rink, which then they turned into. Well, it's one is just an ice hockey rink, and then another they made it to look like an arcade or like some sort of I don't know game district or something but it was really just the lobby of the ice hockey rink and then they use an actual arcade that's because they didn't have one at the ice hockey rink but and i guess yeah maybe they were just like well we can save money we have arcade games we'll just wheel them in and that's what we did (laughs) so like a big effort yeah but uh there you go uh a a, a little little concerning so next time you're at a water slide uh first of all you know be responsible be safe uh, make sure you're doing okay um and and maybe don't swallow the water i mean you probably shouldn't because it's chlorine water and it's bad for your health anyways but this might give you an extra reason to just again plug the nose and then cover the mouth safety first safety first this is the shift podcast now we touched on this a couple of days ago when the news originally broke but much music is making a bit of a comeback but instead of going Back on television, this new version of Much Music will be found on digital platforms, namely TikTok. If you don't have it on your phone, chances are your kids or grandkids do. Now, to help break this news down, we are joined by Eric Alper. He is a commentator, a publicist, and a music industry expert. Eric, appreciate you giving us some time here today. No problem. And unfortunately, I won't be Much Music's new VJ, and I don't think you will either. I think we're well over the age of us doing this. Yeah, you might be right about that. You might be right. My childhood dreams, uh, you know, for a little, for a hot minute there, it felt like, oh, maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe there's a chance, but no, you're you're probably very right. But that's exactly what we're talking about here, Eric. Uh, we heard last week, uh, Much Music is going to be making a return. Uh, this time, though, it seems like it's going to be a digital platform, uh, partnering with TikTok there, which I think is really indis- uh, interesting. So, Eric, as, as somebody who's so connected within the industry here in Canada, does this move the needle at all for those that are inside Canadian music? Yeah, I think it does. And, and, and you know, for, for people that are listening who might remember much music the first or even the second time around in the 80s and 90s, it really revolutionized television like MTV did with the U.S. and around the world in ways that we're still feeling it today. We may not have YouTube as we know it without much music and MTV, the ability to air videos and concerts and and have personalities really stem from from much music here in Canada and the very fact that there is a whole new generation of 8 to 15 year olds who love music love comedy love personalities um, this makes a really good move for TikTok and Much Music to brand together. It's not going to be what it used to be. They're still going to have shows like Video on Trial and Intimate and Interactive and a Much Music Spotlight, but it probably won't be the hour-long specials that we remember. It, it might be one or two-minute clips shown on Much Music and TikTok that are just really quick-paced, they're fast-moving, and they're giving teenagers exactly what they might be looking for from influencers and people who are now getting to decide on the channel what people should know about right now. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's such a great point because, uh, I mean, short attention spans and a lot of distractions, that's kind of what's changed from what much music used to be back in its heyday and what, uh, or rather, how Canadians are digesting new music now is that there's so many other things vying for your attention. But Eric, what does that tell us about discovering music in today's age here in 2021? Does it almost feel like people were missing that personal and human connection as opposed to finding a new music or new song simply based on algorithms on Spotify or on YouTube? Well, it's interesting because, you know, when Much Music first started, it was really a handful of people that decided the fate of that soon-to-be superstar. In fact, Jan Arden... um, used to say that on Monday she could walk down the street and nobody would know who she is. Mm. And then Tuesday, when Much played her video for the first time, that's it. It was over. People started mobbing her everywhere she went. And and I think that that's, you know, when you have a small group of people dictating for the rest of the country what the top songs are or what the big entertainment news is – There's going to be a backlash to that somewhere down the road. There always is. And that's where you ended up with YouTube, where you want to watch Duran Duran 17 times in a row or BTS or Taylor Swift 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can now do that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that like now it's actually coming back to to much music. Um, kind of picking and choosing and waiting through the very best. But I think the algorithms are great, to be honest with you. I love the fact that if I listen to X amount of bands or these kind of of artists, that they would recommend um, through their algorithm what I should be listening to. Because quite frankly, like I'm not 25 anymore being able to go into a record store for five hours listening to, you know, the person behind the counter telling me what I should listen to. I have no friends. Or if I do, the friends that I have aren't really into music. So I'm kind of of glad that that algorithm is there to kind of help me wade through the 60,000 songs each and every single day that are being uploaded to the various um, music streaming services. And, and there's something like like 17 million hours each and every day that is uploaded of content to YouTube every single day. It's kind of nice to be able to to have that kind of trust level, even if it is through a non-human experience, kind of thinking, well, I think that you would like this. And most often than not, they've been kind of right. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I didn't think of it that way. But uh, as I'm listening to you talk right there, I'm just like nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, actually, damn, he's making a really valid point. Uh, you're you right know, like, they're, like they're robots and all hail the new, you know, robot <laughs> experience and, and stuff. But, but, but that's okay. Like the, the, these teenagers, uh, you know, while I'm standing here on my lawn, shaking my angry fists at the <laughs> cloud, um, you know, these, these teenagers, they don't know what our experience was. And quite frankly, they don't care. Mm. Um, they could be watching a Michael Jackson video, a Duran Duran, Corey Hart, and no knock against any of those artists, but seemingly they just might be bored because they're longer clips. The cameras don't move at, you know, four movements per second or the short editing that we now see because of those 
really low attention spans. In fact, like it's a, it's just a completely different experience. And without making everybody's eyes roll to the back of their head, the ability to just go buy an album at a record store was an experience. You have to save your money. You have to go down and catch the bus. You have to cross your fingers and hope that the album was there. Buy it, come back, unwrap all the plastic, and then listen to it. And that was the only album that you listened to until you managed to save up enough money to go buy a new one. <laughs> now, it's something like the average listen on a Spotify or a TikTok that they're viewing is something in the neighborhood of four to seven seconds. So maybe they're getting a different experience. Maybe they're getting a different human or emotional experience. But tell that to fans of Taylor Swift and Lord and BTS and Cardi B. They're having just as much, if not more, of an experience having that closeness and that relationship with the artist on social media than we ever had. Well said. And and finally, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on this, because when I saw the announcement that Much Music was coming back, I also noticed at the exact same time, not coincidentally, that one of their former VJs, who is now still active on Twitter, Ed the Sock, uh, quite displeased with this particular development, because he and his team have been working on something called New Music Nation behind the scenes. Yeah. And he alleges that this is almost like a personal attack, um, that he had actually gotten permission to use certain much brand and identities so that he could create New Music nation uh you know what do you make of all that is this just actually like the best case scenario for again canadian music overall because it's never a bad thing when you have more outlets yeah for sure and i think you know without without knowing 100 percent what what steven joe kirsner the the creator of the sock um wanted to do i any idea that anybody's ever come up with like look there was a couple of months ago where i posted on social media that like hey if much music ever wanted to go back on the air and play nothing but 24 hour seven day a week videos from 1985 onwards and go day by day i'm right there but that's not what this is all about i think that the main difference between what what ed the sock mentioned and what this is is that they're really not looking for the old much music brand they're not looking to recreate what what was successful 30 years ago they don't want a retro channel there's lots of places where you can go for that um and that they're free with you just as long as you have the internet connection. But I will say this though, I know for a fact that much music did not come up with this idea three months ago. Hmm. It takes a long time to build these ideas, to get the giant national company behind it, to get TikTok on board, to really hone in on this idea. Um, sometimes takes, you know, years of building it so i think it's just one of those happy coincidences that ed the sock might be not really thinking about but then again you know i i, I just highly doubt that they came around and took this idea they uh, things like this probably started years ago no, you're absolutely right. And uh, at the end of the day, whatever uh, might be true, there's, as they say, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So the more attention that Ed gets and that much music gets, you know, everyone's sure. kind of winning because it still remains in conversation. Uh, he is Eric Alper. He is a music commentator, publicist, and industry expert. Appreciate you giving us some time here, sir, and uh, maybe start working on that addition tape. Who knows? I think Eric yeah. Alper would be a great VJ. You better believe it. I'm too old. I, I I would be like that old guy that nobody would ever listen to because, oh, he's talking about the Beatles again. <laughs> Appreciate your time here, Eric. Thanks, sir. We'll talk soon. It's the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan. 
Ding. Ding. Yeah, that one was a little Dong. subdued. I kind of like that being the Monday one <laughs> because it, I, I, I truly understand and Fair. feel my pain there. Uh, but I'm not in pain because actually I have a wonderful question. I have mm-hmm. a wonderful thing to ask you guys because I saw this on Twitter and it made me smile. So get your phones ready, shift heads. You will have the chance to weigh into, let's get into one of life's most difficult questions. The answer is not 42. It's the tweet of the day. cheeky little uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe uh, reference there for you. Okay, so here's the question. Right now, you get a million dollars for watching one movie, but the uh, little caveat to that is that it's on repeat for 24 hours. What movie do you watch for 24 hours straight? It's a good question, eh? Um, I'm going to go with I Love You, Man. Oh, that's good choice. I, that's not, a good yeah, choice. Not too serious. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never get sick of Paul Rudd for whatever reason. Like, I just cannot get sick of that man. So that's my answer. Yep, Mine's a weird that. one. I'm going to go with Mulholland Drive because I can't figure Whoa. out what's going on. So I'd have <laughs> so a bl- have each time. It. Yeah, I'd figure out a little bit more each time. So I'd be invested each time it played. Yeah, every time you watch it, you understand it a little bit more. That's like I've watched uh, Interstellar and like 2001 A Space Odyssey a million times each. Oh. And every time I watch it, I learn something new. Uh, so there you go. And already, okay, so quickly here. You guys are amazing on the text line. Fifth Element from Yvonne, Pink Panther, the original, Firefly. Do you mean Serenity, like the movie of mm. Firefly? Because I agree, that's a great choice. In honor of Ned Beatty, who passed away uh, at the age of, I believe, 83, Stroker Ace. He's also uh, Lotso the Bear in Toy Story 3. Yeah, Dwayne, Serenity. Uh, this was, I, I knew my answer the second I saw that because I stand by that this is the most entertaining and fun to watch movie ever made. Here's a clip. Every single Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Revenge of the Sith? Absolutely. It's my absolute favorite. Yeah. Oh, I've man. watched that movie more than any of the Star Wars movies. Really? Seriously. Because and I know that it's not like from a logistical standpoint the best. <laughs> it's just the one I, I smile. It's okay. the very first Star Wars movie I ever watched. I saw it in theaters on my ninth birthday. Uh, Even the younglings. I just, every I know the youngling killing younglings. It's just it's just such an entertaining movie. It's just so fun. It's stupid. Uh, Ian McDermott playing Palpatine, it goes full camp with it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Loses his mind. Yeah, yeah, do it. And, you know, the weird, I love his voice there. The do what must be done. Like, <laughs> no other movie. Unlimited would work. power. Exactly. It's just so <laughs> stupid. I'll admit, there, so there's a fun. lot of great lines from that one particular installment of the Star Wars series there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just excellent. So there you go. Oh, and Angel and Hamilton. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. Yeah. Because at least you'd have the music and 
That is good music to have stuck in your head. So nice. I love it. Let's keep those uh, Let's keep those coming in and you'll have some time here because I, I saw this story. This is one of those that definitely flew under the radar this weekend. Uh, obviously, a lot going on uh, in Israel, here in Canada with vaccine lotteries, the G7, but there is a, a, a borderline crisis happening south of the border that is also having impacts here and it has to do with climate. There is a monumental drought happening in the western United States. If you look at a map of how a percentage of the country that's going through drought, it's being called, and I'm not joking, the mega drought. Exceptionally dry conditions, and it's not good. So listen to this pack. It's going to blow your mind with statistics. It's crazy. This is uh, Jackson Proskow. Amazing to see it up close. The largest reservoir in the United States is running on empty. Lake Mead, behind iconic Hoover Dam, is at its lowest level in nearly 90 years, down to just 37% capacity. This landscape screams problems to me. I mean, just look at the bathtub rings. To me, that is an enormous wake-up call. A punishing drought has cut water flows, risking power production from the dam potentially triggering cuts downstream on the Colorado River, water that supplies Arizona, Mexico, and California's lush agricultural lands. We have a field that is not planted. It has no water. Farmers are already bracing for an economic disaster and are leaving fields unplanted. This year we can't plan because we don't know when we'll get water that we are trying to get for these crops. According to the U.S. Drought Monitor, 54% of the land in western states is experiencing extreme or exceptional drought. In California, it's an astonishing 85%. A mega drought brought on by rising temperatures due to climate change, coupled with growing demand. Tough choices lie ahead. Salmon now have to be trucked from hatcheries to the sea. Their natural spawning grounds have dried out. On California's Lake Oroville, houseboats are being pulled out of the receding water before it's too late. They're projecting by the end of summer there will be no available ramps, um, no access. They may have to move marinas um, all, all over water. Utah's governor has resorted to asking for divine intervention. Please join me and Utahns, regardless of religious affiliation, in a weekend of humble prayer for rain. Without substantial rain, there's near certainty of another explosive wildfire season. I'm nervous. Last year being the worst fire season on record, um, this year is definitely shaping up to be even worse. There's also a sense that this is all a preview of the new normal in one of the fastest warming regions of the United States. Jackson Prosco, Global News, Washington. You know it's bad when <laughs> the governor of a, a state asks everyone to pray right <laughs> i mean mind you like like, come on probably other things you should be doing than praying but hey praying makes you feel better absolutely do it so this is impacting canada though uh manitoba and saskatchewan moisture levels have been low since last fall now i've noticed this especially in alberta rain here it's been raining a lot and that's good and in bc as well but the problem is that climate change makes weather incredibly unpredictable, not just consistent. So this year could be really good in Alberta and BC, but terrible next year, mm. and vice versa for the rest of the country. It's almost impossible to tell. Ontario 
has received about half the precipitation expected at this time of year. And in places like Peterborough, they're asking residents to use 10% less water. Right. Yeah. I we mean, live in we live in a country that has more fresh water than almost anywhere on the world in the earth. And this is something we have to do. Like this is a serious thing that don't let this go under your radar, folks. Pay attention because this impacts agriculture, farmers, and uh this is insane. These are the stories that almost got swept under the rug when the pandemic happened for a, a good reason. But now, as the pandemic starts to finally recede a bit, this is the stuff that's gonna come rushing back up to the front. We got to pay attention to it because this is some serious stuff. Yeah, well said. Um, we do know that this uh, long-term forecast for the summer here in BC calls for a very dry, hot summer. And that, of course, means an increased risk for wildfires in this part of the world. And that only creates even more issues, more headaches. So uh, a great report there from Ryan. Appreciate you giving us that for another episode of In Case You Missed It. Uh, it's kind of scary because don't forget, you brought up that movie earlier, Interstellar. This is exactly what the story mm-hmm. of Interstellar was all about, the new <laughs> Dust Bowl, so to speak. And so I don't want that movie particularly becoming reality. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.